Welcome to Deuteronomy study number 10, going through chapter 10, verses 1 through 22. Lord willing and the church don't rise, we'll get this out there to you. And uh, start with a hillbilly holla going out to Brother Douglas Yori. Brother Douglas, here's your hillbilly holla. And he's been a longtime listener. He's one of those people I just always thought I'd done a hillbilly holler too and hadn't so there you go there's your holla as we get into our bible study in deuteronomy chapter 10 with a word of prayer father we thank you so much we just keep going verse by verse through books in these office studies in addition to the open bible studies and the regular studies at bbf sundays and wednesdays i think uh if you tarry uh, long enough, we'll go through the entire Bible. And if I'm still here, we'll just start all over. <laughs> but we do thank you for all that you've taught us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, our guide. And I thank you for everyone who's listening. It's amazing how many thousands of people uh, have listened to these studies over the years. and. We're thankful for the opportunity to teach them, and we pray they use this in their own lives and maybe even turn around and teach others. All that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So Moses now recalls uh, the giving of the law, and he's been recounting things. This is Deuteronomy's second law. So there's a lot of retelling going on um, in this uh, whole book second law, Deuteronomy. He's going to also, in this chapter, talk about the making of the Ark of the Covenant, which is what the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and <laughs> and a lot of History Channel specials and things, uh, trying to find that. Um, we've talked about that before, why it's lost, and go to the book of Revelation, it comes down from heaven. So I, I personally believe that's where it's at. It's not lost as far as God's concerned, obviously. Uh, we'll also see the death of Aaron, which is talked about other places. We've talked about it before. With an account of the ordination of the Levites, uh, Moses and his second 40 day and night stay with the Lord in Sinai. And then Moses ends the second half of chapter 10 uh, by reminding Israel of God's grace and mercy. That's how the chapter ends in the last three verses there. But we pick up, he says, at that time in verse 1. That's after that time, after Moses has spent 40 days and 40 nights originally pleading for the Lord to spare the wicked, rebellious nation. Um, after uh, they had done what they did when he had the tablets the first time. And... Uh, they also, of course, just rebel over and over, including refusing to go, in, going in, go into the uh, promised land. Um, and so let's just jump right in. Verse 1, At that time the Lord said unto me, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and come up unto me into the mount, and make thee an ark of wood. So this is the Lord allowing a do-over. <laughs> he is the God of second chances, uh, when it comes to dealing with us in this life, but this life is all you got as far as 
believing on him and receiving him as your Lord and Savior. It's appointed unto man once to die. No do-overs when it comes to that. And after this, the judgment. Hebrews 10.27. So verse 2 says, And I will write on the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest, and thou shalt put them in the ark. So the Ten Commandments were literally twice written by the finger of God. And the rest of the Bible was written by holy men of God, 2 Peter 1, 19-21, um, under the direction and superintendence of God. So the process was superintended by God using men and their circumstances, using their personalities and vocabularies. He gave us the books of the Bible. And the end result is no different than if he would have just written the thing with his finger. His word came to us. And then he commanded the making of the ark. Verse 3 says, And I made an ark of shittim wood, and hewed two uh, tables of stone like unto the first, and went up into the mount, having the two tables in my hand. And more detailed uh, um, instructions are discussed back in uh, Exodus chapter 25. We talked about that from verses 10 to 22. It's very interesting. We've, we've covered it. This ark was made for the purpose of holding the Ten Commandments. And in the book of Hebrews, Paul explains what was in the tabernacle, and he says in Hebrews 9, 3 through 5, and after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, you'll hear people call it the holy, holiest of holies and that kind of thing. The Bible calls it the holiest of all, which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein, now that's this is what's in the ark, um, in addition to the Ten Commandments, he says, was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. So that was what was all in that ark at one time. And over it then, the cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat, of which we cannot now speak particularly, and that's we're in the same boat Paul was in. We can't go into great detail, but that mercy seat's basically the throne of God. The glory of God would rest on that mercy seat in the temple. So uh, Moses continues in verse 4, and he wrote on the tables according to the first writing the Ten Commandments, which the Lord spake unto you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them unto me. So the Lord uh, wrote the words that were on those tables, and these were the same words that he had written previously. And that's what happens when a Bible, um, like in Jeremiah, Jeremiah gave the words of God and uh, the Jehudi took the penknife and cut them up threw them in the fire God just had Jeremiah write them again um, his word is eternally settled as Psalm 119.89 says forever O Lord thy word is settled in heaven the scholars can butcher it and come out with corrupt new versions uh, over the centuries they've uh, used the corrupt manuscripts of the Alexandrian type the Codex Vaticanus Codex Sinaiticus and all that doesn't change the fact that even though there are perversions, there are corruptions, but the true word is settled eternally. It's in heaven, but it's been given to us, and God has preserved it on this planet if you will choose the right book. Uh, God inspired all of the words of the scripture. That means it's God-breathed, and it includes all scripture that God has placed in our Bible. A lot of people try to say, oh, there's missing books and lost books. And if you look up our series about the Bible, we refute all that nonsense. What ended up in the Bible was what God wanted in the Bible. 
And 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture, we've got it. God made sure we have it. So we can live with confidence in our King James Bible from the very first word to the last word. Moses then says in verse 5, And I turned myself and came down from the mount and put the tables in the ark which I had made, and there they be, as the Lord commanded me. Um, and keep in mind, this is a very short, summarized version. We might call this the highlight reel. If you're a sports fan, you know what that means. Moses is touching on the high points of the story. He's got his reasons for picking particular uh, points that he's talking about, including the death of Aaron, who was then replaced by Eleazar. And so one of the high points, if you refer to the high points as important points, you may also refer to it as a low point <laughs> that Moses leaves out in this chapter is why it was Eleazar that took um, the place of Aaron. And verse 6, and uh, the children of Israel took their journey from Beeroth of the children of Jaakan to Moserah. There Aaron died and there he was buried and Eleazar his son ministered in the priest's office in his stead. Um, why is it Eleazar? Because Nadab and Abihu rebelled against God, offered strange fire, and were killed. They dropped dead like they'd got the COVID shot. And God commands things, and if he says, if you do this, you'll die, you better just bank on it. If you do it, you'll die. Repent and believe the gospel, or you'll perish. If you refuse to do what God says and believe the gospel, you will go to hell. It's that simple. Doesn't matter whether we like it or not. Doesn't matter whether you know hell's hard to understand. It's hard to understand him knocking Nadab and Abihu dead, but they were warned ahead of time and they rebelled against God, and that's why Eleazar is the one who replaced Aaron. Verse seven says, "From thence they journeyed unto uh, Gadgoda, and from Gadgoda to Jabbath, a land of rivers of waters." And <laughs> this is just a funny little thing, you know, name association kind of thing. And I always remember Gadgoda because this uh, kid, he would say, good God, when, and when something would happen. And his mom would yell at him and smack him even, tell him, you, that, that, I don't like that. It sounds like you're using God's name in vain. Now, I know other people would do it, and I don't think their intent is to use God's name in vain. I don't purposely do it. I don't know, maybe this woman sensitized me to it. But uh, So anyway, he couldn't get by with that, so he's... He they, he read the Bible with his family, and he read it in church. He came across this. He started, instead of saying, good God, he would always say, good Goda. God Goda. His poor mother just to chose to ignore it, you know. Uh, but it did help me remember it as a place on Israel's journey. I couldn't remember for the longest time. I remember the word good Goda. I thought maybe it was a person's name. It may have been at one time. But uh, when I got saved and started reading the Bible... It's one of the places I read and just laughed because of this, this association with it. But verse 8 then says, At that time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to minister unto him and to bless, his, to bless in his name unto this day. And you remember, it wasn't just that the Levites were to uh, bear the ark, but they had a particular method of doing so. Later on we'll read about King David having a big parade and bringing the ark from the uh, place where it was at in uh, at that time 
in I believe it was in Shiloh, uh, bringing it back uh, to Jerusalem to the city of David. And uh, Uzzah saw the thing tipping over and he reached up to keep it from falling off. It seems like a good thing. But God had said, number one, only Levites, and they were supposed to carry it with staves. David had just had them throw it on a cart with ox carrying it. And so uh, only Levi was supposed to do it, and they had a particular way of doing it. And so it's a sad thing. Like Nadab and Abihu, Uzzah, drop dead. But when God says, do this and you'll die, (laughs) don't do it. God is a God of his word. And he's always going to uh, do what he says. Verse 9, Wherefore Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance, according as the Lord thy God promised him. And we discussed Levi's separation uh, to the priesthood a number of times previously. So we move on to verse 10. says, And I stayed in the mount, according to the first time, forty days and forty nights. And the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also, and the Lord would not destroy thee. So again, Moses was that intercessor we talked about in a previous study. And um, he ascended Sinai seven times. This, this, he's 80 plus years old. And uh, ascending the mountain, uh, I, I tell you right now, I'm 54 at the time of this recording. And uh, I've seen that place. And it's a hot dry, rocky I mean it'd kill me just one time and here he is in his 80's and uh, some, by the way I know someone might have been taught that he went 8 times and it's because in Exodus 19 um, they split verses 8 from verses 9 and 10 and make that two different up and down trips he made and I don't, I've read that, read that and read that I just don't see that but um, if you don't do that then it's 7 times and that just seems fitting with number seven being the number of divine perfection and completion. Then verse eight says, And the Lord said unto me, Arise, take thy journey before the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swear unto their fathers to give unto them. Now, this is a little hard to follow, but just keep in mind, unless it's clearly a chronology, then um, you have to be careful. The Bible isn't always chronological. The book of Revelation I believe is chronological and there's people who get really upset. One guy was, you know, took to I think it was YouTube making videos about me being a heretic and, a, and he called me everything but the Antichrist all just because I don't believe that the book of Revelation gives the same story three times. That's what a lot of people believe that the seals and the vials and the trumpets are the same thing told three different ways from three different perspectives I've shown that I think it's clear that they, they can't be and I, I believe that it's actually worse when you read it as a chronology and Jesus said it would be the worst time in human history and uh, things don't match when you don't take it as a whole chronology but so the Bible is sometimes people who otherwise probably Bible believing Christians but they debate these things but uh, uh, it's clear to me and if you read this carefully I think it'll be clear that um, he's he's not he he goes from this to that to this and back like um, it's sort of like watching a TV show where there's flashbacks intermittently through the whole episode 
But Moses is picking up again here um, in verse 12 where he left off, verse 5, to add some detail. You know, and he's like, yeah, this happened, that happened, but getting back to my point, <laughs> verse 12. And now uh, the Lord said, I'm sorry, and now Israel, what hath or what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Now, I, from this point down through verse 19 or 18, um, I count seven specific things that Moses tells Israel that God expects of them. And it begins here with, he says, to fear the Lord, to fear the Lord thy God. Um, that's a theme throughout Scripture. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 111, 10. And the Proverbs, you'll see that as well. goes on to say, A good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. And so, uh, fear, um, is uh, this whole issue is something we've spent whole studies on. Because people think that, oh, once you're saved, there's no fear of God. And that's not true. It's a different fear. Before you're saved, you fear God because you don't know Him, and um, you should fear Him because you're going to hell if you don't come to God. But then after you're saved, it's a healthy fear. Some people try to change it to say just it's a reverent respect. Well, yeah, but it's more than that. You literally do. There's still reason to fear God. You, God's not going to send you to hell, but the Bible says He may kill you in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter Let's see, is it, um, test my memory here. If we go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, if you commit, it's dealing with uh, defiling the temple. You are the temple of God. Verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? And then verse 17 says, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple are ye? So you, he won't send you to hell. And it sounds really crazy to some people because they've never heard this stuff talked about, even though it's right there in the Bible. Um, old preacher used to preach, the God of the Bible kills. Will he kill you? <laughs> it doesn't mean you'll go to hell, but you'll lose your life, you'll lose reward, etc. Uh, the second thing he says there in verse 12 is uh, to walk in God's ways, which we would say to live it. Walk in His ways. Walk in the Spirit. Um, Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto, uh, to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That's the same thing. Uh, to walk in God's ways. Also, the third thing it says is to love the Lord or as we saw in the Shema in Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Um, but then, look what it says. It says in this verse, And to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul. The Shema said to love him. Here it says to serve him. And uh, both should be done with all your heart. Love the Lord and serve the Lord. Psalm 100, verse 2, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. And then verse 13 says, To keep the commandments of the Lord, 
That's the fifth expectation of God. And his statutes which I command thee this day for thy good. Not to be God's child, but because you are God's child, as Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then there's a break uh, in this list after number five with uh, verses 14 and 15. It says, Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God, the earth also, with all that therein is. Verse 15, Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. So again, Israel's constantly being reminded that God chose them because of his word to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if not because they're so wonderful. Just as God accepts us, not because we're wonderful, and he's people preach and they'll say, God had to have you. You're so wonderful. God died to have you. That's not the message of the gospel. It's the opposite. You are a wicked sinner who deserves hell, and in spite of that, God died for you. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's his love, and it's in spite of us. And he sees Jesus. Once we're saved, he accepts us and he loves us, but it's not us, but it's his Son. He sees Christ when he looks at us. Christ is in us. We put on the righteousness of Christ. We're indwelled by the Spirit of Christ and so forth. And then the sixth thing that God requires of Israel is verse 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. God wanted more than uh, just the men, the males among the Hebrews, to circumcise the flesh. He wanted um, a circumcision of their heart to cut off the flesh, so to speak. Now, this became a spiritual reality for all believers in the church. When you're born again by faith in the gospel, Paul explains in Colossians 2.11, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So we're not told to be circumcised in the heart um, in a, when it comes to our salvation. We are circumcised um, with circumcision not with hands, which is the flesh being cut off the male genitalia, uh, penis, uh, you know, in the Old Testament. We have a circumcision not with hands, and we have to leave you to meditate on that on your own time. We've talked about it a number of times in other messages for the sake of time. But we then come to another short break before we get to the uh, end of this uh, in verses uh, 18 and 19, or I'm sorry, 17, 18. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, and loveth the stranger, in giving him food and raiment. So based upon that characteristic of, uh, of God, we come then to the seventh requirement or expectation of God, in verse 19, where he says, Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Stranger being like foreigner or immigrant, and uh, that does not mean that we condone illegals um, or illegal activity by immigrants of any status, illegal or legal. 
It's simply a matter of charity. If somebody comes to our church, we don't ask for their papers. You know, we preach the gospel to them. If they profess Christ, we offer to help them if they need it. Now, if we find out they're illegal, we urge them to go take care of things, do things the right way. Um, but we're not out, you know, to try to find the illegals and round them up for the federal government. But we uh, are, we will t- offer our help, and we will definitely preach the gospel, legal or illegal. But we don't encourage or condone breaking the law. It's a simple matter of charity. Even when um, arrested for crimes, they should be treated humanely and with respect. I just mention that because the open borders crowd accuses us who want secure borders of violating that text, and we don't. They're the ones abusing uh, the people who are coming across illegally, knowingly, knowing that a lot of those people are being raped, in some cases gang raped, on the way here. And after they get here, this administration knows that they're going into sex trafficking and other illegal type slavery. Um, so keep that in mind if anybody throws that in your face. As we close with verses 20 to 22, Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave, and swear by his name. Verse 21, He is thy praise, and he is thy God, that hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. Speaking to Israel here, verse 22, Thy fathers went down into Egypt with threescore and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. Did it because he gave his word to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob died after having come down into the land of Egypt with seventy, and now millions. <laughs>